Hello. Today is January, March, March, <laughs> March the 29th, 2019, and this is Drive Time. This is the podcast where I drive, talk about a random topic, talk about a random situation. Today, I've actually put in a little bit of forethought before I started this Drive Time episode. Uh, a couple of nights ago, me and my wife were uh, discussing different music, different types of things. We heard um, a commercial. We started talking about, uh, I, don't, I don't remember exactly the music that was playing, and we started talking about uh, how uh, commercials pick the songs, you know? I think there was one with the final countdown, a Europe, um, and then of course you hit the Pat Benatar, hit me with your best shot. I've heard that a couple of times. And, you know, they make remakes or they vary the words, but you know the song already, so it's kind of a ton-in-cheek way of marketing. And I, me and her started a discussion about songs, and, and we started playing albums that we grew up with. And again, I, I've known my wife since I was in high school. We didn't go to the same high school at all. We were just um, two people who started dating, and our lives intertwined, and we've been together ever since. So um, anyway, suffice it to say, the topic that we started talking about. We started talking about John Mayer, um, who was pretty influential in growing up, just like the Red Hot Chili Peppers or the Killers, the Foo Fighters, Coldplay, um, for her, Maroon 5, Britney Spears, uh, Christina Aguilera, all the boy bands, and you know the boy bands. 98 Degrees, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, um, LFO. I, I don't know why I always put LFO in there because they weren't really big. They weren't big time, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess it's just because um, my older sister, or my youngest sister, Brittany, um, she <laughs> she used to sing that one song, and she didn't like it. There was the Triangle Boys. Uh, they weren't the tr- they were not um, called the Triangle Boys, but I can't remember what the name of their song was. They were singing that one. I ah, super gay. I, I always hate the song. So pop. Um, because you're back here, baby. Miss you, want you, need you so. Anyway, um, we start talking about all of the <laughs> now that's what I call musics. I remember the first like five of those. And I was like, oh man, I gotta get that. That's like a, a compilation album before, you know. Because when I was growing up, I still had to listen to the radio and start the record button to uh, have the little tape, the, 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 you know, Walkman tape record the songs on the radio so that I could take it to track meets and and play it and listen. And I would I would tape, you know, Dexter Freebush, um, you know, My Madonna, which was one of their songs. Also, Leaving Town was one of their songs. Again, if I'm hitting some nostalgia nerves with y'all, um, that's fine. If y'all are completely lost, look up some of these songs. Uh, Jimmy Eat World, The Middle, Jimmy Eat World, Sweetness. Um, some of the, you know, I had a, a tape, so then CDs came out and you started, you know, kazawing everything out of, uh, you know, kazawing or uh, LimeWire or um, just anything, essentially. You start pirating uh, free internet music and then you started making your own CDs. So then now that's what I call, you know, 10 or 15 or whatever. You could just go to your computer, download the songs or download the whole album, pick three songs off of it, make your own CD. So, you know, the internet changed completely. The topic that me and my wife started talking about was John Mayer. And I um, went back and I was like, okay, well, that CD would dropped in 2001, uh, his first album. Uh, again, I don't know if I'll do every album or break it down. I know I want to do this March Madness thing I'm working on, so I'm still working on that. But um, I-, I thought I would take his, his first album. Um, 
which was called Room for Squares. It was released from Columbia in 2001. John Mayer wrote most of these songs. And I thought I would rank them. So uh, there's, thir there's 12 songs on the initial album, but the Columbia released added one more song, which I think was The Great Indoors, or maybe it was St. Patrick's Day. I think it was St. Patrick's Day, actually. Um, and technically there's 14 tracks, but there's a track in between like 12 and 14 that is like the 13th track that's like 12 seconds of just whatever and it skips so you know whatever but anyway um i i i love this album i still do now if you're unfamiliar with john mary he's an american singer songwriter uh born in connecticut a lot of his earlier work was uh some pop you know he's had hits all over his albums uh say which is say what you need to say waiting on the world to change He's had uh, No Such Thing, Your Body is a Wonderland. Um, he's had an eclectic mix of different songs. He had done songs with Taylor Swift, which was, I guess, his girlfriend at the time. Uh, he's also done things with Katy Perry, which I think was his fiance or um, essentially long-term girlfriend at the time. Um, he's had uh, fame in both the pop world and also the musicians that, uh, well-known musicians, you know, Ray Vaughn um, is his influence Jimi Hendrix or influences he's covered some of the songs with his trio he's broken off and done not just him but actually two other people I think a bassist and a, and a, and a, a person on a percussion and um, he started different projects he's produced with Kanye West he's produced with a whole bunch of different people and again I've loved his music ever since it came out uh, I've got no shame in saying that I really love his grooves. I love his beat. I like his rhythm. His guitar solos are sick. So Cross Country Season, I pretty much had a CD called John's on Lockdown. And they were all my favorite songs from like his first three albums. Um, well, first two albums, because the third album came out when I was a senior in high school. That was Continuum. Uh, his second album was um, Heavier Things. Came out in, I think, 2004. And of course, his first CD was... Um, room for squares and that's the one we'll be talking about today so what i'm going to do is i'm going to take all 13 tracks i will start at the bottom the ones that i absolutely hate don't remember didn't like for various reasons and then i'll lead up to number one and if you're a fan of his music uh you can go ahead and ride the journey with me if you want to maybe expand a little bit on his music and you know, listen to this it's free on youtube essentially it's i think it's about 48 minutes maybe 53 minutes somewhere in there i mean it's if you're driving home for an hour you might as well listen to that uh right after you listen to this so anyway the first song that um the first song that i didn't like number 13 comes in it's called the great indoors and honestly this song is so pedestrian that i don't even remember what it was about to be honest with you i maybe heard it a handful of times and i really was never a huge fan of it um i respect his work i respect his music, I respect his talents, but it was just one of his um, undeveloped ideas. Uh, never really liked it. Great Indoors, number 13. Number 12, uh, for some is shocking, but if you absolutely, if you know who I am, you know why this is number 12. Your body is a wonderland. Okay? Your body is a wonderland. I'll use my hand. <laughs> uh, there's something about the way the hair falls in your face. And I love the shape you take while crawling towards the pillowcase. It is literally a song about getting, getting, getting boned. 
Like it is a <laughs> it is a pop bubblegum pop version of getting boned and your body is not really that wonderful to me. Uh, it just it is what it is. I, I hated the song when it came out. It almost turned me off to his um, to his works in general until I saw a crossroads episode on CMT with him and Brad Paisley, who I'm a big fan of Brad Paisley, to be honest with you, and I was more watching it for him than John Mayer at the time, and I actually became a fan of both, a deeper fan of both, but um, we'll touch on that later on, we'll touch on that Crossroads episode, it'll come back, but uh, number 13, or number 12, Your Body is a Wonderland, absolute pop garbage, Um, not not a fan at all. Now, everything after this are respectable songs. Uh, You know, it's, it's weird when you have half the CD... That's not great, and then half the CD that's good. You have like maybe top four songs. I really think that depending on my mood, depending on what I'm doing, ten and down, um, I'll rotate at some point. I think from probably four to ten, you can make an argument for them to be ranked completely different. Uh, I think the top four for me are pretty solid. They do rotate one and two depending on the day. So um, number ten. I'm sorry, number 11, we're skipping. Number 11 is uh, Not Myself. Would you want me when I'm not myself? Um, I like the I like the beginning. Suppose I said, um, you know, colors change for no good reason. Suppose I said uh, I am on my base behavior. There are times where I lose my worried mind, you know, and, and there's a, a melody that goes into it, and it's a little bit more airy, um, very guitar-driven, but not necessarily lead guitar more uh, folk um, guitar guitar, not like electric guitar. Uh, he hasn't really hit that stage yet to where he is really a, a heavy guitarist. He's, he's more of a, a guitarist that doesn't include a lot of solos at this point in his career because this is soft, uh, this is his um, uh, debut. His sophomore album, Heavier Things, adds a lot of electric guitar and you see a really a lot of the who most people associate with John Mayer 16, 17 years after it's been released, who they associate with, with. You know, if you listen to Waiting on the World to Change and the whole Continuum album, and you compare that to Room for Squares, it almost seems like it's a completely different artist. But number 10, uh, not myself. Number, I mean 11, I'm sorry. Number 10, moving on, is My Stupid Mouth. I love this song. I'm not going to lie. I felt when I was in high school that I would do this. There was one girl in specific that I remember... Um, thinking, and I always associate this song with her, and it's not like something like, oh, she was so attractive, she was pretty, she was a nice girl, she was in my yearbook class, uh, I ended up becoming the editor of the yearbook, but when I was a sophomore, um, actually when I was a freshman, I was kind of just desktop publishing, and she was in the class with me, and um, her name was Kaylee Prohoda, and I don't know why I'm using her real name, but um, she's married now, she's you know got a, a cool husband, whatever, no big deal, but um, she... I don't even know. She asked me out to, to kind of eat with her at lunch, and I thought it was super weird. Um, and I just kept, every time after realizing kind of what it was, I just kept putting my foot in my mouth. Like, everything I said was just the opposite of what I wanted to come out with. It was too harsh. It didn't come out great. You know, it was like, hey, you know, I appreciate you trying to take me out. Uh, you know, just, it's like, what are you doing, man? So every time I think of this song, you know, My Stupid Mouth's got me in trouble. I've said too much again to a date over dinner yesterday when I could see she was offended. I said, well, anyway, I'm just 
dying for a subject change. It's a song about a conversation that you're having at lunch or at dinner, or you're interacting, and you just say all the wrong shit. You word vomit so much incorrect stuff. You, you, you're, you're sending off the wrong signals. It's not clicking. There's no chemistry. You know, you're just waiting for the day to be over. You know, and man, I'm never speaking up again. You know, that kind of that kind of mentality. And the song is cute and um, still one of my favorite songs to sing simply because it's, it's fun. It's poppy, it's airy, but it's, it's, uh, it's got a, a meaning behind it. Uh, that's number 10, My Stupid Mouth. Number 9, uh, Love Song for No One. I'm tired of being alone, so hurry and get here. I could have met you in the sandbox. I could have passed you on the sidewalk. Could I have missed my chance and watched you walk away? Uh, it's probably one of my favorite lines from that song because... It's, it's the supposing. Suppose I met you on the sidewalk. Suppose I could have missed my chance to meet you, to see you, to, to have you in my life. You know, So I'm tired of being alone. So hurry up and meet me. So hurry up and get here. I remember, you know, pre-dating, um, I was kind of in that mentality of, man, I really wish somebody would come and date me. Man, I wish I could find a girlfriend. I wish I could find something compatible. Um, that was that song. And now as an older man, as a married guy, I'm just like, it's cute, you know, it's got, it's got a nice ring to it, brings some nostalgic feelings, uh, but not for me anymore. The, the song that I was explaining to my wife uh, in depth, this is what got me to do this podcast, was number eight on my list. So number nine was a love song for no one. Number eight is um, St. Patrick's Day. Essentially, it's a song about not breaking up with somebody until the holidays are gone. Like the, the lyrics say, no one likes to be alone at Christmas time. No one wants to be alone at Christmas time. Come January, we're frozen inside, making new resolutions a hundred times. February, won't you be my Valentine? There's two good lines in this song. It's the third it's the third verse. It's we should go around the town to look around at all the beautiful houses. There's something the way the black lights in the black night can make you feel more. The bright lights in the black light can make you feel more. Everybody wants to feel just like we feel, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, and it's, uh, if I, if, what well, has the, it had the last song, the last lyric, essentially, of the song. It was like, and if we always, uh, if we always gave all that we gave and we someday took it away, we'd be all right if it was just to St. Patrick's Day. Again, the whole song is, it's November, and he's thinking about dumping this chick. And the whole premise is nobody wants to be alone. Nobody wants to have the loneliness. He talks about, you know, in the dark on the phone, you tell me the names of your brothers, your favorite colors, I'm learning you. He's getting to know the girl. He's getting to know the person, and he goes, hey, and when it snows again, we'll take a walk outside and search the sky like children do, I'll say to you. So... He's sitting here thinking what it could be, but he realizes that it's not going to work. Ultimately, he's sitting there, well, when can I dump her? Well, nobody wants to be alone at Christmas time. You know, November, December, January, uh, February. February's perfect. You know, February, if we can just make it till February, uh, we'll make it through the holidays and then we can split ways. We can part. Um, it's, it's so straight in the face that it's humorous to me. I mean, it's it's so Machiavellian-esque in some way. It's a, how long can I hold on to this relationship? How long can I keep this thing going to where I don't feel alone for the holidays and I can pick up with somebody else during the summertime? Uh, it's not explicitly said, but that's what I've always interpreted this, the song to be. And I love it. 
Number eight, St. Patrick's Day. Number seven, City Love. I've never liked this apple much. It always seemed too big to touch. My favorite part uh, of this song, and I don't actually, <clears throat> I don't really like the LP all too much. Um, I actually like the live version, and it's uh, Any Given Thursday was the CD that came off. This is where I fell in love with the live version of it, because um, the way he sings the song live. I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of acoustic versions than I am of LPs, even though Continuum is damn near perfect. Um, City Love is a song about people falling in love in New York City. Uh, about this, he takes you on a journey from, um, you know, how he first got to New York, how he wasn't really um, feeling it, and then he found somebody. I, I found uh, a City Love, you know, I found it in, in Lydia, you know, that's who he represents the city to be to him, you know. And then he's talking about, you know, falling asleep to the sound of sirens at night talking on the phone. You know, we split a cab, called each other up till we get home, falling asleep to the sound of sirens. And, and this is one of the first songs that I really heard kind of a guitar solo in it. And on the LP, it's, it's light. But live version, he really cranks into who his personality is. Um, and, and I like it. I, I, I love the idea that he started to develop who he was and started working on the mentality. And I love the storytelling, obviously. The, the journey it takes you on from point A, point B, point C. And how he's expressing his feelings toward this girl. How it's new. How it's, how it's inviting. And we're finding this love, this romance, this, this new and engaging, excitement relation, exciting relationship in New York, you know, and he's tying those relationships to New York. There's a follow-up song, which I think is still in the same to uh, context, which is called Comfortable, um, and it's a continuation, okay, but it's a, it's, it's the sequel, you know, um, it was after, um, so yeah, City Love, City Love, City Love, City Love, and I love that song, so City Love is number seven, number six. Back to you. It always comes around. Back to you. It always. I don't. I don't. There's no real lyric that that points out to me. It's it's the way that he sings the lyrics for me. It's it's just so. Um, it draws out. Uh, I should have smiled at more pictures, but it's the last that I'd see of you. It's the least that you could have to. So, in my opinion, from the from what I think the song is, is that the relationship is over, uh, but they always come back to each other. There's always something there that reminds me of it. Walking with your shadow, sleeping in my bed with your silhouette. It's like, it's that moment after it's over and you know it's over, but everything else comes back to that. You always find a picture. You always find a memory. Or there's something that brings you back. To this day, there's an ex-girlfriend that kind of burned me in the past that I still randomly something will spark as something that brings me back to it and then you kind of semi relive it you know I was listening I know this is a segue to another song but the Gwen Stefani song um, Cool where she her and her ex-boyfriend essentially is the dude who was in the band with her no doubt and she wrote a song about how the relationship still stings the relationship the, it still hurts it, you know, she still in some way has some feelings for this guy, but uh, of course she's got a new husband. She's got a new name. 
the girl, his new wife or girlfriend at the time, they have to relax. They have to engage each other. And, it, you know, I know you're cool. It's a really hit, but when you analyze the lyrics, that song makes me think of this song and vice versa. So, number six, back to you. Number five is um, 83. If my life was more... If my life was more like 1983, plot a course to the source of the purest little part of me. It's probably my favorite lyric of that song. Um, and it's a nostalgia trip. It's, you know, I had these dreams of walking home where, home where I used to be and everything else as it was frozen in front of me. Here I stand six feet tall, romanticizing years ago. It's a bittersweet feeling hearing wrapped around my finger on the radio. I wish I was six again. Make me a red cape, because I want to be Superman. 1983 was when John Mayer was about six to eight years old. He's being nostalgic in this song, and it takes me back. I usually change the words to 88. You know, pull out chords to the source of the purest little part of me. My life was more like 1988 or 1993. You know, when I was younger, when I was a young, young man. You know, it just it hits a spot. You know, if heaven's what we always wanted to be send your prayers to me care of 1983 it's poetic it's nostalgic it helps keep you engaged in an idea that things were simpler back then right you had a you had a way to where you could go back and look on things that were better your childhood is always better now of course people didn't have a great childhood but there's always a moment that you go back, you know, whatever happened in my lunchbox. When came the day that we thought, you know, it got thrown away and I never had a say in it. What, what happened to the day when you actually became an adult? When you moved from childhood to an adult? That's the moment that he's trying to pinpoint um, in that lyric, in that last little piece. Uh, again, it's, again, the live Any Given Thursday version is so much better. And... Um, Think about my brother Ben, how I miss him every day. He looks just like his brother John on an 18-month delay. Is it okay, by the way? That kind of lyrics that he puts in, it's, it's storytelling. He's telling you about his brother. He's telling you about his family. He's telling you about those people that made his life at that point so much more special. And um, I love 1983. Number four. Uh, number three. I mean, I'm sorry. Number four is No Such Thing. Now, this is the song that pretty much made him famous, and I love the lyrics, I love the imagery, you know, it's it's pretty much taking the idea of an imaginary person, how you will think when you get to that point to think back on where you're at right now, you know, I'm going to break down the double doors, I'm going to stay on these people, pages before you, and I would know what all the time that I've spent away is for, um, you know, when you're, you know, you want to run through the, huh, I want to run through the halls of my high school and scream at my top of the lungs. I just found out there's no such thing as the real world. Just a lie. We've got to rise above. So it's an imagery in your mind of what you believe the the real world is. It's no different from when you're in high school. You just take on a different context. Interesting. Again, it was a song that made him famous. Um, put him on the map. Interesting lyrics. I, I still love the lyrics and I love the song. I was thinking high school. I was thinking of that one time that I actually go back to my high school reunion. I missed my 10-year. Um, and I didn't want to go to my 10-year, um, to be honest with you. I don't want to go to my 15 or 20. I want to go to, like, the 30-year after 
I'm on a, at a better path and just say, guys, what happened? You know, what happened to us? It's been 10 years. What do we do? What do we do at the time? You know, look back and say, what What did we do? What was the time for? Um, interesting. Interesting. So, uh, top three. So, top. So, number four was no such thing. Now, the top three are probably some of his well most well-known songs. And hardcore fans love these three songs, And in my opinion, from what I've seen. So, number three is Why Georgia. Another song that went really, um, it was really popular when it came out. Why Georgia is, is his idea of just driving, just leaving his world, leaving his thing, uh, leaving his situation behind, right? He says it in the, in the lyrics. I like this song. I didn't love it until, again, we're bringing up the Crossroads episode on, on CMT. I saw a Crossroads episode where John Mayer and Brad Paisley sang duets of their songs, and they also sang each other's songs. Um, John Mayer highlighted My Stupid Mouth, again, one of the, um, my top ten favorite song um, off, off of this album. He sang it live, he sang pieces of it. Um, Brad Paisley sang Me Neither, which is another good song off of, I think, Fifth Gear, um, his album. But the song that they sang together was Why Georgia, and it was, his, it was Brad Paisley's country take on it that made me realize how versatile the lyrics are. Because John Mayer sings it very airy. He's got a high C note that he sings. You know? Especially because when he gets into... Because I wonder sometimes about the outcome. When he hits that, because I... I wonder sometimes about the outcome. And it goes down. Brad Paisley actually did it a different. He goes, because I wonder about the outcome. Like, he, he, he changes the, the way that he... Um, presents it and the different takes were not so different but it was a complete genre mix which I love I love country music in the sense that it can take you somewhere but you know stadium country which is newer country is garbage Florida Georgia line compared to Brad Paisley you're talking about two different artists you're talking about two different genres old school first three album Taylor Swift compared to pop sensation Taylor Swift that's about how different they are you know <laughs> Teardrops on my guitar compared to, you know, what, 83 or what is it, 93 or whatever CD she named it after, whatever year it was, but 87 maybe, I, I don't I don't know, I didn't keep up Taylor Swift, but there's a difference. Um, I love the clashing of it. Crossroads was really one of those episodes that uh, shook me up to it. I would watch, you know, the Dixie Chicks and so-and-so perform, and then you had Garth Brooks and so-and-so, you know, you had different artists, and... Um, you know, Grace Potter and uh, Kenny Chesney did a song not too long ago. I'm a big Grace Potter fan uh, when she was with Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. Um, again, just she sang songs, he sang songs. They actually had a song together. Um, whiskey... Whiskey something. I don't know. Something about whiskey. Kenny Chesney is always about drinking. <laughs> I've noticed. But anyway, um, Why Georgia was... A song that I always listened to, I always liked. I always like hearing these songs when I run, just because it was so rim, rim, uh, rhythmic. You know, I could I could set a running pace to this song, and then when the crescendos hit, I would increase my speed, and then I would go back to a normal running pace because it was so rhythmic. So, um, number three, Why Georgia. Top two, and these two switch from day to day. 
you know, I'm going to sit here and tell you that one song is going to be better today. I, I don't know. So I was a photographer growing up, and I was in high school. I was a, was a photographer all four years. I was there as the editor of my school yearbook. So I took thousands and thousands of pictures. I took classes on composition, took classes on uh, Photoshop, took classes on manipulation, uh, color swatches, all this good stuff. So in the course of my life, I have traveled a lot of places. I've traveled all over the southeast, uh, south and southeast Texas. I've been uh, to Kentucky. I've been to Tennessee. I've driven to El Paso. I've driven to all these different places. Uh, Odessa, technically. but um, And I've flown on planes. I've, I've gone to different places. And I've always been up to see the sunrise. Always. You know? There's a lyric in my number two song that pretty much explains it. Um, number two is three by five. And the whole concept is within the lyrics. You should have seen that sunrise with your own eyes because it brought me back to life. But you'll be with me next time I go outside, but just no more three by fives, which means stop taking pictures and be here with me. Um, somebody who does a lot of solitude, like I drive a lot and I'm by myself a lot. The solitude that I have is, is that. I think of the places I've seen you know, I've, I've watched the mountains, kind of these rolling mountains in Kentucky, and I've seen the sun explode through these mountains. I've watched the sun come up in, uh, in, in Kentucky. I was on top of a mountain and watched the sun rise through the crowds that I was above, because I was so high at elevation. And it, and it comes shooting through like this burst of light, and it's so beautiful. And the pictures I took of that does not do it justice of physically being there. That's what I think he's talking about with those lyrics. You should have seen it with your own eyes. But next time you'll be with me. Kind of a solid, kind of a somber note a little bit of next time you'll be with me, but this time you're not. And it makes me sad. So I'm not going to send you anymore. You know, I guess you had to be with me. You know, and then at the end, he's like, today I finally overcame trying to put the world inside a picture frame. Maybe I'll tell you all about it when I'm in the mood to lose my way with words. He's writing you and telling you about it. The, the, the song opens up with, uh, I'm writing you to, to tell you about the places I've been. You know, And, and it, it just goes into this narrative. Let me tell you what I've seen, what I've seen. You know, yesterday, uh, skies were painted colors of the cowboy cliche. It's strange how clouds that look like mountains in the sky, right next to mountains anyway. I didn't have a camera by my side that time. I wish I could see the world through both my eyes. Maybe I'll tell you about it, you know, when I have the time. When I'm in the mood to lose my way with words to describe it to you. Beautiful, beautiful poetry, essentially. And, and very, very moving. I love that song. I love the live version of it. I love the album version of it. Um, that's one of the main songs that I can listen to in either context of studio album, live version, um, it's just so beautiful. Um, three by five, my favorite, one of my favorites. Again, it's number two on this album. Number one is neon. And I love neon for two reasons. I love the imagery of the lyrics, but I also love the guitar. It is straight guitar. It's like high, low, high, low, rhythmic. It's very uh, two, two, four, five, 
six, seven, eight. Like it's very direct. It's it's for me as a runner, I love hearing that song. And then the hear the the hear the lyrics hit, and there's that little undertone of the of the of the bass that's swinging. When the sky blue gets dark at night, you see the colors of the city lights. A trail of ruby red and diamond white, and like a sunrise. And she comes and goes, and comes and goes like no one can. She comes and goes, comes and goes, she's slipping through my hands. She's always buzzing just like neon. But who knows how long she can go before she burns away. So essentially she is the life. She is the light of the world, the party. It's hard to explain what it is. I love the lyrics. Again, it's, it's ambiguous, but at the same time, I, I remember staying in Austin. Uh, my dad played softball at the KC tournament every every summer. So after school to rap, we would go and uh, we would travel to we would travel to San Antonio or Austin. Usually, it's Austin for the KC tournament. So it's a softball tournament my dad played. And um, I remember sitting in the hotel at night after we swam. And the lights would go down, and I kept looking. It's like the sky blue gets dark at night, and the color, and you see the colors of the city lights. And I lived in Ocampo, Texas. I wasn't used to Houston, where Houston is always buzzing. It's always alive. It always has the energy. Austin was my first taste of nightlife. You know, of, of being out, and seeing things, and experiencing that. But there's also a girl that I was buzzing on. Right? This girl, she was so intoxicating in some ways. Of course, I was a young kid. I was 12, 13. So I knew nothing about what I know about now. But I knew enough to describe it. And I couldn't describe it myself because I don't have the addiction. I don't have the, the education or I'm not that literate, to be honest with you. That's why I speak in a microphone <laughs> rather than read a book. But the idea that he posed... How long can she go before she burns away? You know? It's just... The lyrics... A little ambiguous. You can apply it to a lot of different things. But it's that melody. It's that... That catchy... It's just... It's so intoxicating. <sighs> so great. So that's... Room for Squares. Released in 2001 by John Mayer and Columbia Records. I mean, any given song has its merits, and except for Great Outdoors, because that one was uh, our great indoors. That was garbage. Sorry, John. I would love to continue on with heavier things. <laughs> That's a double entendre. That was his next album that he made, Heavier Things. I would. Maybe another time. So, until next time. This has been Drive Time. My name has been Sabi. Appreciate you listening. Catch you down the road. It really pisses me off now.